0: Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith.
1: Welcome to Transformational Pediatrics. I'm Dr. Michael Smith, and our topic is treatment of elevated blood pressure in children. My guest is Dr. Doug Blowy. He is the Associate Professor of Pediatrics and Pharmacology at Children's Mercy and also the Director of the Hypertension Clinic. Dr. Blowy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: So what are some of the challenges that you face uh, in monitoring and treating hypertension in specifically hospitalized children?
0: Well, there are, there are several challenges. Um, the first one is the most basic one, uh, which is really having a nice uh, way in place or process to identify those children that actually do have high blood pressure measurements. Uh, so children get their blood pressure measured multiple times uh, during a hospitalization by various different people's um, and a lot of times they just get put in a computer system written down and, and nobody really identifies when those measures are abnormal and they're not abnormal. So I think the first one is just for the process to be able to recognize uh, when it, when a blood pressure that is measured is actually abnormal. Right. Uh, as you know, that um, compared to an adult person where one size kind of fits all, one number is good for everybody. Uh, in children, we're dealing from neonates, premature babies to 18-year-olds in our hospital, and blood pressure varies. What normal blood pressure is varies across uh, the age spectrum, Uh, and so one size doesn't fit all. And it's a complex process of defining who actually has high blood pressure, and and it's a process issue really. Um, And the second challenge really is um, making sure that the people that are measuring the blood pressure are doing it the appropriate way. There are clear guidelines about how you should measure blood pressure and there's a lot of issues that go into the technique of measuring blood pressure that will impact the reading we get. Uh, we get concerned that we're getting, uh, when we get high readings, that they're, they're falsely elevated readings because of technical issues such as we're not measuring the blood pressure in the appropriate extremity. We're not using the appropriate size of the blood pressure cuff uh, to ensure adequate uh, appropriate measurement. Uh, the patient isn't comfortable or at rest. You know, in the hospital, we do a lot of things to patients. We uh, cause discomfort, pain. Some of the kids are having anxiety because family isn't there and somebody walks in to do something, they just get upset and that can affect the blood pressure. So there's a lot of technical issues that we have to overcome to decide if that blood pressure we're getting is actually a true reflection of the patient's blood pressure. So those are probably the two biggest uh, challenges uh, that we have. Some of the things that we've done and other groups have done, too, is uh, trying to simplify, identifying um, what blood pressures are abnormal. And again, rather than just kind of like, you know writing them down in a chart or uh, putting them in the computer system, uh, that uh, we have developed processes that will allow us to flag abnormal va- blood pressure values um, for the patient's particular age and gender, uh, and so you don't have to memorize everything. You can just kind of see that, hey, this blood pressure falls outside normal, uh, and we can flag it for just a little bit abnormal or really ad- abnormal, um, and then process to identify the doctor uh, based on how many times that happens or the pr- or kind of the sequence of events that goes from there.
1: You know, let's let's talk a little bit more about measuring uh, blood pressure in hospitalized kids because in the adult population, I mean, there studies that have sh- shown that Using the automatic blood pressure cuffs, all, uh, that you see all over the hospitals. Those are quite reliable, at least in the adult population. Is that mm-hmm. is that true for children, or do you do you would you prefer physicians and nurses to actually take the blood pressure uh, themselves?
0: Sure. Well, as as you mentioned, that the oscillometric or the automated type devices are, are prevalent, and, and there's a reason because they're they're easily to do. It doesn't require much training, um, and, and they're fast. Um, The point is, is that, and the reality is that they're going to be used. That's just, that's how it is. However, in children, um, oscillometric blood pressures or automated pressure don't measure the same thing as the old-fashioned manual blood pressure. Um, And the other point about this is all those blood pressure normal values we talked about are actually based on manual blood pressure readings, not oscillometric so when you look at the difference between oscillometric blood pressure measurements and manual blood pressure measurements, that there, there clearly is a difference. They don't they don't correlate very well sometimes, and and they're all over the place. Meaning it doesn't systematically overestimate or underestimate. They're kind of the, the spreads all over the place. So it's kind of really hard to to know. We kind of feel that if if the oscillometric is normal, you're probably okay. But if we have high oscillometric blood pressure measurements are standard, or our protocol is to obtain a manual blood pressure because that's really the gold standard.
1: Right, and this this I think leads into then. So you, you are um, a part of an international committee, correct? Where you're you're trying to establish some of these guidelines for hospitalized children. Who, who's who's a part of that that committee? What are the goals of that committee uh, committee? Sure. And and
0: how is that going? Well, it's going well, and uh, it's actually a um, it's an updating of guidelines that have been present. So there's been several guidelines for pediatric hypertension that have been present in the, and the most recent one I believe was like in 1994, 1997, something like that. It's called the fourth report. Um, the new group has taken over that actually the uh, national heart uh, Institute uh, was doing that before, but that's changed. And now the American Academy of Pediatrics has taken over the guideline. And uh, it's a, So it's a national guideline, U.S. guidelines for uh, blood pressure management. And there's a group of experts, cardiologists, hypertension specialists, endocrinologists involved in hypertension uh, that have published, uh, you know, extensively in that area. And uh, we are meeting to uh, develop, update, develop new guidelines for hypertension. And what we're really focusing on is uh, there's several very key clinical questions Uh, rather than being just kind of a comprehensive opinion-based document um, we've kind of really focused on four clinical important questions and those questions uh, really are how should we be measuring blood pressure what's the optimal way of doing it and looking in a you know evidence-based manner that's one question Uh, the other question is what is uh, what should we be really evaluating or how, what should the workup be for a patient that is been identified to have hypertension you know we're trying to what's the best way to identify secondary causes the third question that we're asking is well what's if we are treating blood pressure what's the optimal goal what are we what's our target um, and, and why is it that target and then finally we're trying to to trying to look and, and find what evidence there is that treatment, whether it be lifestyle modifications, dietary exercise, other things, or medications, what is the evidence that it really it decreases the indirect measures of cardiovascular risk? And this is an important point in, in pediatrics in the adult world. Uh, the out, the unfortunate, the outcome of death and cardiovascular disease is very prevalent, and so you can do studies and, and look for those outcomes. Fortunately, kids, they don't have those outcomes. Um, and What we know is that although they don't have those bad outcomes, we we are seeing early development or the early pathogenesis of atherosclerosis and cardiovascular disease in kids, but in indirect ways. So looking at thickening of the heart or left ventricular hypertrophy, looking at thickness of the uh, intimal vessels of the carotid, um, looking at some uh, physiologic uh, 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 flow characteristics of the peripheral blood system, uh, excuse me, the the blood circulation system. So we look at those things. We see changes in kids that have hypertension. So we know they're the kind of the surrogate markers, and and so we're we're trying to say: is there any evidence that when we do things, does others improve? So those are the four key clinical questions we're right. we're going to uh, we're developing and and developing some statements uh, for the the practitioner.
1: Is there a a timeline that that uh, you anticipate having these new guidelines published?
0: Yeah. The, uh, so right now we're in the uh, phase of extracting, um, you know, all the literature. We've developed those questions, extracting literature. Then we'll work on putting some uh, consensus guidelines together. So I'm, I think we're hoping that uh, by this fall, uh, that uh, they will be ready for publication.
1: Dr. Blowy I want to thank you for the work that you're doing extremely important and, and the success you're having and, and that Children's Mercy is having is, is really impacting you know, the daily practice and, and improving the health of children so thank you so much for that and I want to thank you for coming on the show you're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City for more information you can go to childrensmercy.org that's childrensmercy.org I'm Dr. Michael Smith thanks for listening